Hey, hey, welcome to the Eric J. Rental Metals Podcast. We lost connection, so we're going to start over. Because uh, where she was at, where she was at, the, the connection was bad, and it threw everything off. Okay, okay, that's that's fine. But uh, give a special shout-out again to Anchor, uh, the sponsor of this uh, sp- podcast. But i start off first this time, but uh, I think uh, my definition of a – uh, a fake friend is basically uh, basically someone that tries tries to get close to you for 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 certain benefits or or wait till you in a vulnerable state to hurt you the most. Now it's a, it could be a friend, a family member can fall into that as well because you have some family members you know, that you're not as close to as you should be, but you uh but you're closer to people that's not even you're not even related to more than you're close to your own family members. So they can fall into that group as well. But a fake friend is like real dangerous because you the whole time you won't even know that they're being a fake friend. You know, you'll be blind to it until some stuff hit the fan and they really gotta show that loyalty and, you know, and you be you be left hanging. <clears throat> true indeed, true indeed. Yes, I feel the same way. And to touch on that, I know I spoke on it quite in depth earlier, but I got a different way to look at it as well too. Because like I said, it's a couple different ways you can look at fake friends. Because um, sometimes friends become fake over time. You can have a friend for over a amount of years and they could evolve into something different. So basically my definition of a fake friend to make it small and short is someone who gains access to your life to gain a level of elevation that does not include you or your successes or your intentions. So um, that's like I said, within the community, the reason why I bring up the community is because that's one thing we lack to um, remember about. So, and the only reason we lack that is because of fake friends, because once a fake friend infiltrates the system, then it kinds of like it's like it's almost like a disease. It's like it, it started weakening the uh, immune system of the rest of the people that's inside the respiratory. So now the lungs aren't functioning at one hundred percent capacity. So, with that being said, fake friends can come on many different levels, and that's why I said it's a uh, it's a way for them to gain access to your life, not necessarily you. They want what you have, basically. So. I say, like, yeah, you can call them a fake friend, but at the end of the day, it's just really a lost person within the community that if they got explained what true friendship is, we wouldn't have the term fake friends. So when it comes to fake friends, you like um, Essence said earlier, you have to pretty much know your personnel and who you're dealing with while you're going through the things you're going through to keep from them turning into a fake friend and they can just stay an associate and then they don't never go any further than, you know, that anything other than conversation and, you know, no money, monetary funds, financial, no discussions, no advertory, uh, advertory. You won't be able to advertise through me or anything because uh, you're not truly my friend. You don't have good intentions for me. And I had a person chime in earlier. They called me, they seen the podcast and they were saying that they want you to, um, you testing the boundaries basically when it comes to fake friends. So, um, you know, just something simple. If you know you heard they steal and you just got a good heart and you don't want to believe it, so leave uh, $2 around them if you want to, you know, and see if they take it. And then if they don't, that's, that's building up their trust. You know, next time do five, ten. And at that point, you're either helping them create a barrier from their 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 um, their absentee of knowledge of not being a thief or you're uh, you're enticing them to be more of a, of a con artist than they already are. So that's what it is. It's just a smoke screen, man. It's like a mirror that you really can't see <clears throat> until it's pretty much too late. And then that's when you get the word fake friends. So pretty much like everybody said, you know, you want to kind of pay attention to who you're around and watch who you hang around because sometimes people only hang around you until it's, until it's beneficial. And then for them, and then once it's not beneficial for them anymore, then they kind of leave you, and usually that's kind of when you need them. And you're like, oh, man, you know, I, I, I really 
needed you at that time when you moved around and they like, ah, but that's because that was, was never really your friend, you know? So it's a couple of different ways you can look at it, man. I've been in all situations where I ran into several sorts of fake friends to where I never, you know, phantom me being the one dealing with that situation because I'm very, you know, tiptoeish about where I go, who I hang around and what I do and what I say, because I'm not too much of, I don't trust people, you know, because all the things that we have going on, but I'm building that up through God. So I will say uh, fake friends are, they can be a a, a heck of a smoke screen. Um, To chime in more, do you have like a a specific example of uh, a fake friend that you want to share? Oh, man. Yes, man. I don't mind. Uh, I'm not going to use no names. We're going to use like X, Y, Z or you know, John, Jake, Josh, those are no people that I know. And if I do know you, John, Jake, and Josh, you know I'm not talking about you because this is not about you. So uh, earlier today, actually, if anybody follows me on Instagram, Ghetto Flint Kid Entertainment, um, I actually had an instance where I was getting ready to do business with some individuals and things weren't aligning. And I'm big on not forcing business. And shout out to Grant Cardone, if I'm not mistaken, that's how you pronounce his name. He uh, says, you know, if you don't feel it in your gut, don't do it. So if I didn't feel it in my gut. So I just pretty much learned to trade and was willing to move around and actually still do business with them to a certain extent. But I'm a quality over quantity type of guy because quantity is great and all, but if I produce more quality, the quantity is going to come. So um, that led one of my good friends that I've been knowing for 20 years to side with some gentlemen that I'm not familiar with. And I'm not calling him a fake friend because he sided. I'm calling him a fake friend because of the way he went about it. There was an altercation that went down that uh, could have been arose very badly if things would have got out of hand. But thank God uh, people were able to control themselves, control their temperature and be men about it and move around. You know, um, words were spoken, words were said. And I feel like as a friend, if I'm your homie, best friend, I've been knowing you for almost 20 years, you know, um, in three years, I've been knowing him for about 20 years. So I feel like, why didn't you speak up on my behalf? Because when I started to speak up on my own behalf, there was a major problem. It was more so, oh, you need to chill, you tripping. And I'm like, wait a minute, is it because of who I used to be? You don't think I can handle myself professionally because... I, I I I used to carry myself a different way and I don't carry myself that way anymore. So I felt like, yeah, that was a fake friend. It, it bothered me. And me as a man, I know how to deal with emotions. I don't live through emotions. See, women are supposed to be emotional human beings and men are supposed to handle emotions. So you're supposed to be able to have an emotion and be able to deal with it. So I can honestly say like, yeah, that bothered me. And it kind of made me move, you know, a little differently and made me feel a little out of place because I'm like, you know, as a friend and I've been knowing you for 17 years, I feel like why didn't you speak up on my behalf? Why did you try to make it seem like I'm the one that's outraged or I'm the one that's, you know, just overly upset, you know, and, and it's not that when it was really a principle behind the whole thing. It was the gentleman was touching things that didn't belong to him and when he was addressed about it, he kind of got in his feelings and got upset and you know, at that point, you know, hey, I kind of did say some words that as a professional, no, I wouldn't speak them to any customer, no matter how upset I get. But as a businessman, I shouldn't even spoken because, you know, uh, rest in peace to Nipsey. He said, you know, it's not about like, you know, what they say. It's about how you respond when they say what they say, basically. You know, that's not verbatim of what he said, but that's in my own terms. So it's like when he said what he said and he had his attitude, how he felt, I should have continued to strive 100% instead of 50%. Now I'm giving him the same level of energy that he's giving me. I should have kept reciprocating and ascending on a higher level, but I didn't. So um, with that situation, I had to cut everybody off because at that point, I felt like the, the friend that I did know from my childhood wasn't the same gentleman and and it doesn't bother me. It's just that, hey, you know, that's like that's that's something some something I wouldn't do. I wouldn't bring you nowhere where I'm from and have somebody, you know, uh speaking to you a certain type of way and you not be able to address yourself as a man. 
So when it came to that situation, of course, no man would be comfortable with no man talking to him in any kind of form or fashion that's not, you know, suitable. So that's when things kind of, you know, of course, got out of hand a little bit. But like I said, everything was contained. But I had to cut everybody off, though. You know, and I'm not mad. I don't feel no type of way. I don't have no hate in my heart. I'm not mad at him. Uh, yes, I can consider him a fake friend because, hey, like I said, if if I'm in that situation, I speak up or I let you speak your piece. I don't try to make you look like you the maniac or you just overly upset or you over-exaggerating about something or you being dramatic or something. Especially if you being a man explaining the situation, like, hey, look, I don't like how that's going. This is how I want to handle things. If he don't want to handle things like that, please tell him to quit addressing things the way he's addressing them. So that made me say X is a fake friend and Y can't be around me and Z and the rest of the people that was with him, I can't associate with them as well, which doesn't bother me anymore uh, because it was a blessing and a curse in disguise. It was a curse because I lost a good friend, of course. You know, I'm not saying like, oh, man, I hate him or nothing like that. But it's just time. Time heals our wounds. So over that separation, maybe we'll be able to get back cool. But just right now, I just don't have too much to say to him. I don't want to speak to him. You know, because I don't want to say nothing out of anger. I don't want him to say nothing out of anger. I don't want to say nothing out of frustration. I don't want him to say nothing out of frustration. The reason why I say those differently is because frustration could just be me saying it just because I need to get it off my chest real quick. And anger could be me saying it. Because I don't really mean it, but I kind of mean it. But I'm saying it because we're not seeing eye to eye right now. So, nah, uh, I'd rather just say, hey, that's I can't mess with them. They're not my type of friends. Fake friends. Move around. Yeah, I feel like I feel like in that situation, if y'all doing business, he could have uh, just let the situation just play itself out and then uh, – a real friend would have pulled you off to the side and been like, hey, man, I think you should have did it like this. You know what I'm saying? Next time, you know what I'm saying? It's better trying to downplay your intelligence, basically, and then try to make you look look like a fool in public. You know, that's not cool. Correct, especially as a friend. As a, as, as a, as a real, supposed-to-be friend, 17-year friend, I feel like you shouldn't... You should never make your friend feel like he ain't a friend no more. You know, and, you know, that's just me. Maybe it's just me. Yeah, but um, another topic, uh, I know I've been wanting to talk about this for a couple weeks uh, because a lot of people have different opinions about this. Uh, We have this conversation all the time. I want to talk about gender roles in a relationship. So the main thing that I talk about when I when I think about gender roles, I always think about finances. So, a lot of a lot of people, a lot of females that I run into, you know, that I talk to, try to fill them out, for, see as possible people that I can date. A lot of them think that a man's supposed to pay everything and do all that. You know what I'm saying? And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, if you if you got the means to and everything else check as far as like what that what you want from a woman and stuff like that. But at the same time, I can see it both ways as far as, you know, I feel like some in some situations, you know, if I feel like it ain't nothing wrong with going 50-50, you know, if a one if the man pay the most expensive things and a, a woman pick up the slack Thanks. in some places, you know, but I, I just think uh, I know a lot of people get in their feelings and get mad when people start talking about that because they feel like a man is just supposed to spend all his money and the women woman keeps theirs. But and vice versa sometimes because you got some dudes out here that's not working and the women take care of everything. So I just want to get your opinion on that. <clears throat> okay. Um Gender roles in relationship. In the Bible, it says the woman was taken out of my rib and she was meant to help me. She is my helpmate. She's supposed to help me. Not supposed to, you know, you know, be a crutch, you know, but she's supposed to help me. So meaning, uh, when I when it comes to finances, I put if we in this together by all means necessary. So if that means that she's making more money at the time. And she has to forefront us for a little bit until whatever I'm trying to put together, you know, comes and shakes for us. Then I'm 
not feeling any type of way about that situation. But like you said, a lot of the public was like, oh, he trying to, no. It's not about that. Uh, it's about love, really. If you truly love somebody and they're not making the same amount of money or as much money or enough money to provide the same way that you provide, you're going to provide from them regardless. It doesn't matter. So at this point in day and age, I've noticed that um, our generation, you know, we are probably the worst at that type of love. We don't even, you know, oh, you don't have no money. Oh, you don't have no job. Oh, you ain't made this. Oh, you ain't did that. You haven't did. Everybody's, oh, you haven't did or you ain't did this. But that's not the point. It's not the problem. Like, uh, the problem should be finding a solution to why they don't have any of that going on. And if you're going to be in a situation with them, isn't it shouldn't cross your mind at one point the finance finance shouldn't cross your mind um your your love your affection their time uh the way they treat you um the way they respond to you stuff like that should be more important than your finances and if you do anything in the covenant through the lord through god himself um it's nothing impossible finances won't even be an issue so when it comes to finances, I won't say who should pay what and who shouldn't pay what. I will say if we end this together, by all means necessary. If you're not with that, then shit, you don't want to be around me because who knows if I'm going to be $40,000 richer every other week or every other month, or every other year, or let alone every other five years. Or what if I only make $40,000 a year? You know, so it's like I don't want to... Uh, base my relationship off of finances like a lot of people do if you notice most of the time you base your uh, relationship off finances it doesn't last long and when I say that is is that's when you come with the fake friends you got that smoke screen you don't even know that that they only there for the money because they show you all this love and this attention and really once the money start running drier they're not getting the same reciprocation of funds that they were getting in the very beginning that's when they start to change they start to show their true colors or they start to act a different type of way. So finances, man, I just look at it like uh, if we in this together, we in this together. Whoever, you know, if we win and we win and we both win and, you know, we can go 50-50. Why not? It only makes sense. So that way the other 50% we can put into the kid. Now the kid's getting 100% versus one parent being drained and the other parent is having all their way. And then it's like, you know, this the child's going to keep asking the one that they call the provider, which is the father and never ask the mother for anything that that's not that's not even equivalent as a marriage you know you know you wouldn't even nobody would want to be in that situation comfortably you know any situation is is about a hundred percent a hundred percent not 50 50 um we both give everything we got we both give everything we got we won't never be sure finances won't be an issue so yeah we got to be in this by all means right? or shit get a fun kid out of there poppy ain't coming <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, another thing as far as gender roles. Um, now, I know this will uh, rub a little, uh, a lot of people feathers, but you know we have females. You know, they try to, you know, and us as men sometimes too. You know, us as men, we have to know sometimes when you're dealing with a female, when to poke out your chest and when not to poke out your chest. You know, you don't have to be the man all the time as far as, like, you know, putting your foot down on stuff where, you know what I'm saying, you could have just let that slide, you know, you know, because you're not going to be able to win every battle, you know. Some stuff you're just not going to be able to win with a woman. They just come with it. But you have some people that uh females, you know, you have run into those females that have certain toxic traits and they try to uh, basically boss a dude around and try to basically have the dominant personality in a relationship, but they still want the man to be they footstool basically and do everything they say and pay for everything. And it's, and, and it, I, I see some of my friends in those type of situations and they kind of just, it kind of just kind of makes me mad sometimes because I'd be like, dang, like that is so backwards. You know, I ain't saying that the man just should be making a woman feel like he's nothing. But at the same time, you know, 
it got to be a balance. And a woman should be submissive anyway. If you're not going to be submissive to a certain extent to your man, then why even get in a relationship, you know? Yep. Because you have some of those women, they, they wear that independent thing on their sleeves. True indeed, true indeed, true indeed. So you said when to poke out your chest and when not to, correct? Yeah. Okay, so uh, that's cool that you said that. So God said we should provide and protect her. So that means if we're going to provide and protect her, you shouldn't even think about poking your chest out at all. You don't have to poke your chest out. When you are a true man for self and you truly know yourself, your woman going to be submissive regardless. Because you are handling manly duties. Now, at that point, once again, we referring back to knowing your personnel. If you know your personnel, so if you know your woman, like when the trash is taken out, the grass is cut, all the shoes put up, the kids' shit is put up, why in the hell when you had that done when she come home? It's not about you being submissive to her or her being submissive to you. She's going to be submissive to you regardless because that is a woman's trait. You're submissive because you're obedient because obedient and submissive is similar. They have similarities. So you, if you compromise at that point, so you're not even being submissive, more of a manly term would be compromisation. You're going to compromise with her. So if you know that's what it takes to make everything run smooth, why in the hell when you had it happening for it to run smooth? And if she know that for you to have a real good day, that you need your dick sucked, you need some good, you you know, you get what I'm saying, man? You need your dick sucked, you need your dishes cleaning, you need some food cooked, and that's all you need, and, and you'll have a good day. If she can't do that shit at least two, three times out the week, then, yeah, of course you're going to have, that's where you got that, I got to poke my chest out. Bay, why ain't getting this? Bay, why ain't getting that? But if y'all both are in that to win that, ain't no poking no chest out. Don't nobody got to poke no chest out, because the woman going to follow in the woman nature, and the man going to follow in the man's nature. It's the nature of law, bro. That's the law of nature. It ain't nothing. I know I just said it backwards, but y'all get what I'm saying. It ain't. It, it ain't. It's, it's true. It's like natural selection, bro. It's, it's not. It's, it's, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. You know, uh, babies are going to make get made. How is that going to happen? There's going to have to be a man and a woman. You know. So I mean, of course, you have surrogates where you can't care. You know, I don't want to. You know, be too insensitive, but you guys get the major picture, though. We're talking in the mass abroad not in just a general or specific situation so when it comes to poking out your chest uh and when not to i put it like this man um if you're a real man what you putting your chest out there for ain't no point if you're a real woman what you trying to stand what you trying to what you trying to not be submissive for why you can't listen to your man if he telling you that you need to be careful hanging out with a certain type of people Maybe he sees something you don't see. Maybe you should take a day or two or a week or something just to sit back and analyze. But we are so fast and we are so now, now, now as a people and technology. Shit, it's almost impossible to find somebody like that. Both sides, male and female. So I don't want to seem like I'm biased or anything. So, uh, yeah, when it comes to poking out your chest, man, shit, everybody just play, play into the part that God made everything happen. You know, whether you believe in God or not, man and man versus woman, you know, man always going to win if it's a physical altercation. So common sense right there tell you the man is stronger. He was made to be dominant. So if that's the if that's the case, the woman is going to be submissive and, and you don't have to be violent because you just got to be a man because you a man. Man is submissive to woman. It's in the Bible. So, you know, that's my outlook on it. But I don't, I don't see nobody having to really have to poke their chest out. I just see you having to be be a man and 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 handle your emotions and don't um deal with your don't deal with her with your emotions. So like if she make you mad, don't deal with her pissed off. Go cool out. Go chill out. Go sit down, man. You smoke, go smoke you one. You drink, go drink you one. Now, let's let me go into depth with that too. If you smoke and you know it's going to make you act any type of differently than you normally would before you spoke to her, don't do that shit. So if you're going to be nonchalant when you're talking to her, don't do it. If you're going to talk to her with a, a lack of enthusiasm, don't do it. If you're going to drink and you're going to become aggressive and you might raise your voice while you're talking to her, don't do it. Wait a couple of days. 
yeah, you you can go do that, but don't speak to her about that shit until you know for a fact that you can handle that emotion. So if she break your heart and you're willing to stick around, don't deal with that emotion when it's going down and you pissed off. Because you ain't going to do shit but say or do some dumb shit. So that's my yeah, opinion. Yeah, I think... Uh... I think the finances and the main thing that I don't like that I just observe from other people's situations Correct. is that I don't like that when I see a female, right? Female yeah. post up on social media, be like, oh, I want a man for this, or I want a man, I want a man, I want a man. But you know that female to have a dominant personality and they all independent this, independent that. But you saying you want a man, so when a man come in a situation where you have a woman that has her own everything, she makes good money, you know, she don't really need nobody, but, you know, everybody wants to have somebody to come home to, you know, build a family with, stuff like that. Correct. And, and to have a female that can't put that, that wears that on that sleeve and just carries that into every situation and just make it have like basically have to have a status known at all times that they're independent, mm-hmm. even with the person that they claim that they want to be with. It's just kind of crazy to me because it's like, it doesn't make sense. Okay. I got one. I got one thing to say about that. It is a small percentage of those women that have that mindset to where they think that way, that narrow-minded, that linear, that straight, that way, just that way only. Because I will say, um, as an example, my mother coming from a single-parent home and her being an independent woman, her own everything, when she got married, her husband could have had two cents and it wouldn't have made her no different. So that's where I get a lot of this, like, knowledge from. Because, of course, as a man, I looked at it like, whoa, why would you even want somebody like that? I don't even think women would look at me the way that you look at him because of the fact that I'm not on the level that they on right now. So uh, watching how true love can be admitted, even if things tend to not work out, and that usually becomes from the fake friends, quote unquote, the smoke screen, um, the things you don't know, the unknown, uh, that's when you get into the, okay, you feel like, yeah, she might be a little bit bossy about her independency, but it's a good thing because if she wasn't independent and she had to go through something, it would break her apart and she would never be able to put herself back into pieces to be a woman enough for another man. So watching my mom be able to date somebody that wasn't on the same level as her, of course, at first, that bothered me because it was weird. It was something I'd never seen because at the times I did see her date, the person was either as financially successful as she was or more successful. So now that my mom has her PhD, that really deems out a lot of men. We don't have a lot of men that just have PhDs and, you know, all, you know stuff like that. So it's not... It's, that narrows down the list of Afrocentric males that actually can date my mother. So at that point, she'd be just looking for money. So for her to find true love, uh, money has to not be, finances cannot be a, a necessity. Like I said, it has to be a by any means necessary. If we in this, we in this. It's not no, oh, well, I know you go to work and you make this much an hour. And I know you go to work and you make this much for your salary. So you bringing in this amount for the year, and I'm bringing in this amount for the year. We're gonna, we're gonna say that the man pays all of it, so the man makes sixty thousand, and he's spending thirty thousand a year. He's only keeping thirty. The woman makes a hundred, so she gets to keep all hundred, you know, ninety thousand that she pays tax. She gets to keep all her money in. Okay, so when the kids want to go on vacation, excuse me, vacation, or they want to start a a program or something like that, that's costing thousands of dollars a a, a month. Um, where does her money come in at? So that's why I say when it comes to finances, like you got to know, back to fake friends, you got to just know your personnel. If you with that person and you know that person is like not going to be able to help you when they do get on their feet, yeah, you might want to be skeptical about going into that relationship with being an independent woman or being an independent man because 
they ain't gonna do nothing but drown you and bring you back to where you used to be before you was independent and you'd be back dependent. And then the bad part about it is you'll be dependent on them. So uh, there's nothing wrong with a strong, independent woman. You just have to be a strong, independent man to uh, to handle her so she don't seem coarse to you. That's all you have to do. And, and it would be a, a lovely situation because um, her peer dominance and your peer dominance won't do nothing but make excellence because every time you lack, she's there to help because, like I said, she's the helper. And every time she's there and needing comfort or protection, you're there to uh, uh, provide those those things for her. When, like I said, uh, it's not as hard as we make it. We just make it what society tell us. You know, society say the man has to pay all this. The society says the such thing as gender roles in a relationship. In all honesty, it shouldn't be a such thing as gender roles if we both just handle our business with our family. <laughs> what gender role do we need? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see it both ways, you know. It's just that uh, I think a lot of females be on a power trip, man, and uh, and they uh, they get to a certain status in life, and they don't know how to how to turn that switch off, you know, when it comes to looking for a person you want to build your life with, you know. But you know, each his own. You know, everybody have to figure that out for their own and basically make mistakes and learn from their own experiences. That's the way you have to go about things in life anyway. But uh, uh, last topic, uh, positivity during the quarantine. So uh, I know a lot of people is looking at this as a negative time because they can't do the things that they usually enjoy. As far as like going to the club, going on vacation, uh, no, anything, you know, going to watch your favorite athletes play, you know, stuff like that, which I enjoy doing those things too. But I think at this time, out of the 26 years that I've been living, I never had this much time on my hands. And I feel like a lot of people right now, looking at this whole coronavirus thing and not being able to do it as a negative because they can't do stuff as far as like what you will waste money on every weekend, going to a bar, seeing the same people, you know, partying and stuff. I mean, I enjoy doing that stuff sometimes too, but I was just thinking the other day, you know, the positive things you can do during the quarantine, you know, every all the markets don't went down, people buying houses. If you buy a house right now, by the time the market shoots back up, you're going to kill them. You're going to flip that house probably twice of what it's worth, you know. And anything that you don't have time for as far as, like, aspirations and stuff that you want to do in your life, you know, you have that time to do it now because a lot of the corporations, most people don't got laid off and have to do unemployment. So, you know, it's a lot of things that you can – look at as a positive that I think a lot of people are just stuck on stuff that's not really important in the aspect of things. And I think that's what I took from this whole quarantine thing. I just want to get your opinion on that. Okay. Okay. Uh, Positivity during the quarantine. So first and foremost, I want to thank God. I'm going to start off with him. Right. So God said he was going to cause a plague, right? This is not verbatim. You know, this is just, Hood relations, <laughs> but you get it though. But um, so God said that He'll cause a plague, and you should go in and shut yourself in with your family and mark, you know, mark your house with the blood of Jesus, so that way you all will be protected. So at this time, this is more than just a, a, a regular humanoid fight. It's more in the spirit realm too. You kind of it's a time that you're supposed to be able to elevate. It's it's growth in this. So positivity. Um, Positively speaking, at this time, like you said, you never had this much time on your hands. So with that much time, you're supposed to be able to create. Um, we have the power to create and destroy. So with us having the power to create and destroy, with this much time on your hands, you truly have the power to create and destroy anything that you like. If, even if it's, you know, nothing like negative, we're speaking like positive. So like if you just want to lose some weight, you have time to destroy some weight off of yourself. You don't have to go to a gym. We all think, oh, I got to go to a gym. No, you don't have to go to a gym. 
you can do some walking up and down your stairs at your house, you know, uh, going to your garage, doing some push-ups, you know, um, doing some, you know, a couple sit-ups with your hands across your chest. I know they say all oh, those women push-ups, but that keeps the tension off your neck. You know, shout out to Albany State. You know, I ain't, I ain't graduated, but your boy paid attention in class, though. <laughs> but um, you get my drift, though. So as far as positivity, man, um, this is a time for you to be productive, not, you know, just chilling, sitting back, you know, not knowing what you want to do. This is a time really where, you know, you should know what you really want to do in life because if they did stop it and the world was to function like this for the rest of the, you know, the time and they stopped unemployment, what are, you know, the, the what did this say, like the two point something, three million or the two point something people that applied for the first time, what are they going to do? So uh, I tell everybody with this, you know, you take it as a growth. This should be your growth. If you got time on your hands, you know, uh, I, I want to use you as an example, um, Eric, if that's okay. Um, when when you reached out to me, it, it, it very much showed me that God is working in the midst because you are pursuing something outside of what you already accomplished. So that right there shows you're not done. Usually most people retire and they're done, even though you're young. So, of course, you still got more time, but you could be doing anything with your retirement funds. But you chose to bring awareness to the Afrocentric community the Caucasian, you know, everybody, you, you know, you didn't just be like, Oh, I'm just going to tell just these people. You know, you said, I'm going to get it out to everybody. Like, bro, that's, that's amazing to see somebody say, okay, what else can I do to be an impact in the world? That is what I feel like this quarantine means to me personally. So positively, I tell everybody that it should mean that much to you. What can you, what is your footprint on the world? You know, even if it's, you know, uh, you just sewing, you've just been sewing shirts and you're selling shirts for 2 $3 or something like that. You picked up a, a hobby that's now a side hustle that, you know, could potentially pay a water bill, a light bill, and a car insurance. And now that is a, a, a process elimination for you when it comes to paying your bills. So, um positively a lot of people i've been seeing not doing positive things they've been drinking all day i had somebody chime in um just a minute ago and they wanted me to speak about that uh, uh, uh drinking man if you're just sitting around drinking all day and i'm gonna say if you're just sitting around doing nothing all day at that point you're not having a positive quarantine even if you're getting your unemployment you're not doing anything um, are you making sure your kids getting those worksheets and everything done online? Are you making sure your kids are getting extracurricular activity outside of the normal things that they do in the home that they don't do at school? Because a lot of these people that are not able to have a positive quarantine is because they were already in a negative environment. So I do want to speak on that. I don't want to be one-sided. So there are some individuals that aren't having a positive quarantine. This is the worst thing that could have happened to their life because all they know is go to my, my job or go to school. And this is my escape from my, my home. This isn't a place that I come and actually learn or get money from to provide. This is a place that I come to escape. Anytime you start using something as an escape, it becomes a drug. Basically it's, it's almost the same, you know? So when it comes to uh, having positivity during this quarantine, I always say try to grow, have growth, and um, take your time with yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Stop rushing yourself into things. Um, when you find something that you like, take your time, learn as much as you can about it, and put as much positive energy and thought behind it as you can, especially with the amount of time we are being blessed with. Um, you have to think about it. You know, a lot of states were just extended another three more months. So with that being said, that that is a lot of more time that is being allotted that has already been given. We've already had, you know, some states since about towards the end of February, beginning of March, you know. So being in quarantine that long, you should be able to come up out of here with a way to make you know, a dollar or two, you know, at least. So that way 
it doesn't affect you in a negative way because the, it's not about necessarily having a positive quarantine. It's about being positive through the quarantine because if you go positive, positive through the quarantine, um, you'll come out on a lot brighter side than just, you know, picking something and doing that until quarantine is over, which, you know, can result in drinking, smoking, um, any other hard drugs or, you know, violence, abusive relationships, um, uh, abuse towards children, uh, malpractice of kids and malpractice of el- elderly, you know, stuff like that. Uh, so right now it's, it's a little joke that I heard a, 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 a saint say, they said, um, we all are on a sick, shut-in, and bereaved list now. <laughs> so, basically, how do you get off that list? You got to be positive. You got to have faith. And you got to believe in yourself and and, and want to do better than what you were doing before quarantine. So, like you said, you don't want to dine on the things that you can't do anymore. Like, oh, I can't get my hair cut anymore. Oh, I can't go to the club anymore. Oh, I can't do this anymore. And, you know, I have yet to see many posts about people tripping about not being able to return back to church. So that right there already show you where one of our biggest growth should be. That's why I started off with God and I'm ending with God because, you know, the, you know, the word was at the beginning and the end and it's forever and ever, you know? So I appreciate you, bro, for you being positive through the quarantine and not just having a positive quarantine just for that one moment. Like you want to keep this going. This is not something, Oh, I'm just doing this for the quarantine. Once the quarantine over, you know, I, I, I see myself back getting another interview and you asked me millions of questions about, you know, how I'm doing and how's my business going. So I want to thank you, man, for being a great guy, bro, and serving this country as well, bro. You put in that work. You know, homie, I remember I used to be talking that junk in school. Like, man, y'all niggas better not do that. I'm still proud of all my homies that went and took their time out and fought hard, you know, whether you was reserved or you was active. I just want to thank you and I want to salute, you know. Because my grandfather, he's a, a, a veteran as well. So I just want to thank you, bro, for giving me this opportunity and being positive through the quarantine, Pimp. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Uh, likewise, uh, another thing uh, before we get off, man, to touch on this last topic that I wanted to say, I want to get your opinion on, is that uh, that another, a lot of things, another thing that I want to touch on is just a lot of people – just got hit like Mike Tyson used to say, man, everybody got a game plan until they get hit. A lot of people doing a lot of jobs that really is not set up for you for the long term. Like everybody's complaining, oh, my job laid me off, but you're doing hard labor at a plant that nobody knows about. You know what I'm saying? Or you're working at McDonald's, which ain't nothing wrong with none of these jobs, but this shouldn't be your end result. You should be content mm. with working yeah, there yeah. for over 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Like everybody has to everybody has to start from somewhere. Cause I don't work at McDonald's before. But I'm just saying that Thanks. it should be a time period. You should have a goal, be like, I don't want to be here no longer than five years. Thanks. Like you can't you can't get trapped with the mindset of people around you that be like, oh, I don't want to do that. I'm going to just sit here and get paid every two weeks. And it's getting it's easy because it's human nature to get caught in that mindset because if you got 20-some people around you that you work with consistently five or six days a week and everybody's being negative, ain't nobody talking about no goals or aspirations. Everybody just, just want to work this job and that's it. And just go home every day. It's kind of easy for you to be like that. But a lot of people, you know, and another thing people should focus on during this quarantine period, got all this time, everybody that becomes a millionaire or becomes successful that has multiple streams of income don't do it by themselves. And a lot of people that makes a lot of money, it's a lot of their money is not earned. It's called it's passive Thanks. income. So a lot of people need to focus on passive income. That's income that you don't have to work for. Like it's going to come regardless just because of the assets and stuff that you have, like real estate, stocks, stuff like that. Like a lot of people get, uh, well, it's kind of like a family thing too. You know, if your mom worked, your dad you worked, raised, you know, it's yeah. easy to get in that mindset, you know, but at the same time, you know, you, you should always be you, your own person at the end of the day. So you should always want to seek out new information and want to be 
mindful or just pick people brain you know there's so many people in the world you know everybody stays like i know people where i graduated from in aniston freaking it's probably like no more than three thousand people there but don't nobody leave the city like i got family members that never been outside the city like the furthest they probably been to is birmingham i do as well as that with flint but so it's like a lot of people get trapped around. They'd be like, oh, no, nah, we ain't going to do this. Or or if you start talking to them about certain stuff, they either want to change the topic or they get offended or just don't want to talk about it at all. And a lot of people just got to get out of their mindset because you'll never elevate to where you want to if you don't have a diverse way of thinking or have a lot of people around you that – they don't, they don't have to grow up the same way you grew up, you know, for them to have value to your life. I got a lot of people that I know that I met in the military that's not even black or people that I just know, period, that I became friends with, that I'm closer with than I'm on my own family. And I know if I needed some, you know. You can hit them up and reach I out can, to them. I could call them, you know. So I just want to get your opinion on that before we get off. Um let me run the run the exact uh question by me one more time so I can answer it to the T if you don't mind. So that way the people can what's hear your, it too. Uh, what's your opinion on people being content with just having a job and just staying there, you know, not trying to branch off and and add other incomes and basically elevating life? Okay, um you know, with this whole coronavirus thing, it kept everybody off guard and you had people panicking because, you know, they don't have nothing else set up. You know, they don't have another stream of income. Okay, well, uh, so I want to first start off like, geez, it's, uh, comfortability is like one of the most biggest problems with us as uh, Afrocentric people because once we get comfortable, we kind of get a little content. So um, my main thing is on that whole that whole thing is a poverty mindset. I know some people that are rich, and I kind of want to touch base on how you said the uh, the McDonald's thing. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. But, you know, that's not something you should want to do for life. Okay. See, we always, as humans, we try to predict what somebody wants out of their life. There are some people that are content with just working at McDonald's, nine to five, being a manager, Wearing that same outfit, washing it, going home, and being happy with their kids. What we tend to do is we damper people's happiness with our own imagination of who the hell they should be. We have to stop doing that first. That is part of the poverty mindset, you know. Um, that's really what that is uh, when it comes to us worrying about them being content. It's a part of poverty mindset because if they can do better, they eventually will. But if they can't do better, they won't without the proper motivation and the proper tools. So that's where it becomes to having real friends around you or running into people that really genuinely care about you. So you don't have to be worried about being content. I can give you an example, and I'm not going to use the person's name, but I have a cousin. So he used to work at a sub place, and there was nothing wrong with that. Started off at the bottom, grilling, doing that, grave out the greatest service. Boy, probably got more tips to anybody that I ever heard of at Jersey Mike's. And he's so good that he became the manager. So me as a cousin, knowing that we destined for greatness, I'm telling him, like, cuz, this is not it. You do not need to be here. I kind of felt bad at first because I'm like, man, I'm kind of dampering on this man's happiness. This job has helped him upgrade his lifestyle. He's in a healthy relationship. He got a nice car. He, he He's paying for his own bills. He doesn't need anything from nobody. And him and this woman, like I said, are happy. So it's like, who was I to tell him that he should leave? Now, I will say my motivation, it wasn't the right way, but my motivation did motivate him to seek a job where he was paid more. Now he's a subcontractor for Amazon and he's getting paid, you know, he delivered packages or whatever. So he has his own contract. He doesn't even necessarily, you know, work through them. He works as his own self. So that's like, that was cool to see him transform from that to that. 
just off of hearing me and a couple other people say, all right, man, now we know you can do something a little better than this. Now I'm going to tell you a little more about it, a little more in depth. That's not it. He's also thinking about doing something bigger than that. He's trying to start his own trucking company as well. So it's like, you just got to have the right people around you so you don't become content with the things that people think you shouldn't be content with. Because then if you are truly destined for that much more of greatness, you will possess it. You will show it. It will shine. It will flourish. Because some people are made to be one of the best window servers in the world. It's in the Bible. It's made. People are made to be servants. This is a service right here. I'm doing service. I'm doing the Lord's work by talking good and letting people know, like, hey, look, it's okay where you at. Don't look at where you at. Like you said, look at where you're going. So, yes, like you said, if you don't want, if they don't want to be there within the next five years, yeah, they need to be planning a five-year plan to move on from that situation. But it's some people that's made to be there for 30 years, bro. It's some people that's made, just like you retired from the Army, it's some people that's made to retire from McDonald's. So we can't, we have to stop dampering everybody's, like, their their true self because of who we think they should be. That isn't fair in life. Because that's sort of how some kids lose sight of their dreams. Because you tell them, like, oh, no, you shouldn't be that. That's not enough. Not knowing that they possibly could have started doing that and then they somebody could have seen them and been like, hey, man, I'm about to give you 100000 God, bro, blessings. We take, see, they took God and church out of everything so much that we forget who we talk to and who we pray to. So we start believing what the man say. We start believing human. And we don't even believe spirit no more. So if you start just believing in self, your spirit going to tag along with yourself. Because now your mind is constructed on what you want it to be constructed on, not what everybody else say you should be doing. Because, like I said, you can't tell nobody that they don't need to be at McDonald's because then how you going to get your burger? How your kids going to get their Happy Meal? Shit, they not. Because we done made everybody a boss. We ain't got no, we ain't, we, we, we got, we got all, we got all these, we got all these chiefs, excuse me, and we don't have no Indians. How in the hell is we going to harvest any of the crops? And we don't have nobody out there working and everybody just sitting on the top of the throne. And ain't nobody, don't nobody enjoy working? Don't nobody want to work? That's why they created robots. That's why they start having robots take over our job because we start becoming one lazy species. We didn't even want to get up and just show up to work. Some jobs just require you to show up. You ain't even got to do much. People going in late, not going in, calling in. Now, with the reasonable call-ins, yeah, I understand that. But for, for oh, because I, I, I want to go hang out. I was drunk, hung over. I don't feel like going. That's ignorant. That's, yeah, that's how you become content. Now you can't go anywhere because you ain't even gave your mind enough room to grow past that. So, yes, those people that are stuck, they just need the proper motivation and they'll be on to the next level. Yeah, I feel you when you say, when you, say um, you know, you have to have Indians and stuff like that. But another thing I can kind of with that you know, before we get off here is that, uh, you know, everybody has a purpose on this earth, you know. I feel like, like, you know, where everybody has a different purpose, you know, even though we might be made the same, and I just feel me and my personal opinion that God can put people down here to be mediocre. Amen. You know, I just feel, I just feel like, you know, you know, stuff happens, you know, people have unfortunate situations that's kind of hard to bounce back from and you just have to roll with the punches. But I just feel like, you know, everybody, it should be no excuse that everybody shouldn't try. You know what I'm saying? So when you get older, when your kids get grown and you start having grandkids, you won't have no regrets. That's the worst thing that you can have when you get up in age. You'd be like, dang, I should have did this. I should have did that. Why I didn't do this? You know, if you knew you gave everything you had, it's almost like, you know, a, a elite athlete walking away from a sport. Man, you know, tell me about it. Like, like, when, like when Kobe retired, people was asking him, you know, uh, rest in peace rest to in him, peace. you know, saying that. Like my crazy ass right why now. He don't, why, 
why he don't why he don't miss basketball. And he was like, you know, when you gave as much time and much effort that I did to that sport, he said, I left everything that on I that had court. to the sport. So he was like, I don't really, he said, I'm on to a new phase of my life. He was like, do I love basketball? Absolutely. But I don't miss it because I did it for 20 years and I gave everything that I had. So I just feel like people have to take that perspective and apply it to their lives. If you knew you tried everything to better your life and try to elevate yourself to the point where your kids and and your kids can do the same thing for their kids so they won't have to go through the same struggles that you did, then, you know, you won't have those regrets when you get up in age. True indeed, true indeed, true indeed. That's, that is that is who. That was right there, man. That was good because, you know, a lot of us we don't even um, we don't even value value life in itself. You know, we value more so how somebody else look at us now. Um, if they don't approve, then we're not accepted. You know, so you know everybody else's opinion at that time matters more than ourselves instead of us actually being who we truly are. You know, like you said, uh, you kind of have to uh, know yourself, really. You know, if you know yourself, you can move how you want to move while pursuing what you want to pursue without anybody else's opinion mattering. Yeah, I understand. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Well, yeah, Willis, I appreciate you uh, coming on here, man. Uh, I said I was going to start trying to trying to drop at least uh, two to three episodes a week. So uh, we try to uh, aim for this same time frame, you know, when people don't, you know, chilled out and, you know, don't got most of their uh, daily duties out. And that way. time frame is, sorry to interrupt, but that's going to be from 8 p.m., Central time and 9 p.m. Eastern time, correct? Okay. Yes. But, uh, yeah, we, uh, this, uh, pl- this podcast will be on all platforms. Uh, a lot of platforms are being delayed right now just because of this whole pandemic thing, but Spotify is still publishing everything. So it's, it'll be on Spotify, uh, later on tonight. And, uh, Again, I want to appreciate you coming on here. I want to give a special shout out to uh, Anchor for sponsoring our podcast. Yeah, shout out to Anchor. And, uh, shout out to Anchor. And uh, distributing it on all streaming platforms. And uh, if you have uh, one last thing you want to say, Willis, if you uh, want to promote anything, you know, you got going on or, you know, uh, you can do it before we get off okay, here. Okay, okay, I do, man. First off, I do want to say thank you again. I know I've thanked you multiple times, but this is a blessing in disguise, man. I've always wondered how would I be able to get my voice out because I do have a lot to say, and I've been holding a lot in over the last course of the years. So I want to thank you for giving me an opportunity to speak up about some of these topics, and I pray that I'm able to discuss more topics in the near future. So um far as what I have going on, I am Ghetto Flint Kid Entertainment on Facebook, Instagram, and that is my Facebook uh, business page where you'll find me as Ghetto Flint Kid Entertainment. My business name is Ghetto Flint Kid LLC. So far as a business, we are into almost everything. Soon I'll be having seminars. So we're into education, information, buying and selling. That's like my thing. You know, a lot of people, they specify in technology or health and science or something like that. I'm in it for, you know, everything else but that. I want to actually help my people versus just focus on capitalizing off of them. So I also have, uh, we wrap vehicles, you know, so I have a couple different businesses under my entity. So if you ever need anything, you can reach me out at 810-627-0708. And I just want to thank you again, Eric. And that's Poppy, P-O-P-I. Junior and it's spelled all the way out J U N I O R on Facebook. Thank you. Yeah, that's it, man. Uh, thank, thanks for everybody for tuning in. Again, uh, you can find this podcast. Uh, the name of this podcast is Eric E R I C J 
and Arentis, uh, A-R-E-N-T-I-S, Miller Podcast 2 on Spotify. It'll be on, it'll be on all, uh, be on all uh, streaming platforms eventually, but it will be on Spotify tonight. Again, thank you for coming on and uh, yep, have a nice yep. night. Appreciate it. Cool.